right, guys. Thank you for um, tuning in to the Respectable Woman Podcast. This is your girl, MB. Um, but with the person I'm sitting with today, MB, I am Michelle Bernadette. <laughs> and I'm sitting here um, with my daddy, with my father, the Reverend Eddie Barnes. Hey, daddy. Hey. How you doing? All right. <laughs> <laughs> Today's episode is Walking the Path, um, and I'm really excited to sit here with my dad and um, relive a story he told me earlier this year, and maybe hear some other things um, from him that I, I haven't heard. Um, but the the premise of this episode is really um, talking about walking in the path and the purpose that um, you have in your life. And I just thought, you know, Daddy had a really cool story. Um, so, yeah, let's just get to it. Um, so, I usually, like, give background about how I met my guests. But, Daddy, you met me first. <laughs> um, so, anything that you want to share about your, let's flip the tables, your impression, your first impression of me as a child. Well, uh, it was during my second marriage because I uh, I had to leave home, uh, leave my first marriage because my wife didn't want me to preach. Right. And so I had to, I had to make a choice, stay with her and not preach, mm. or leave and preach. Yeah. And I, I really didn't have a choice because I had promised God that I would preach. Yeah. So I, I, I had to leave in order to preach. Uh, this was during my second marriage. I left and uh, got married a second time right. in 1980. Uh, and then uh, you were born in uh, 83. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I, was, I, I was pretty excited because I already had... Uh, five children. So I was pretty excited about having another one. And uh, I, I, I have always treated uh, my children the same. Mm -hmm. uh, whenever my children were born, I would basically take care of them, change diapers, yeah. uh, give them, feed them and stuff like that, get up during the night and give them a ball and uh, let them sleep on my chest. <laughs> Feet and mouths and all yeah. that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I, I treated you the same way. Right. I would get up during the night and, and get your balls and change the diapers and let you sleep on my chest. So I was pretty excited about having another another child. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Was I a good baby daddy? Yeah, you. Yeah, you was a a, a daddy's baby. You always wanted to stay with me, even when we were. Uh, on our way to church and smack over and I was driving, you want to sit in my lap. <laughs> you stayed with me most of the time when yeah. you know whenever I was at home, you yeah. you stayed with me most of the time. Yeah. So you was a you was a good baby. Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember this? This is a story that was told to me, um, speaking on that, that it was one time you were uh we were at the church and smack over 
and you were in the pulpit. I think you were praying, and and somehow I got out of Mama's lap, and I crawled up in the pulpit trying to get to you. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You wanted to be with me whenever we, whenever we were together. You wanted to be with me, so you wanted to come up into in the pulpit where I was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you wouldn't let me come <laughs> up in the pool. I couldn't allow that. <laughs> Okay. No, I couldn't allow that. We won't get into that. <laughs> um, okay, thank you, Daddy, for going down memory um, lane a little bit. Um, one thing I will say, a memory I have of you is, and one thing I usually tell people is, you know, we won't get into the church. I won't get that deep into the church in this, but, you know, Preaching is a little different now, um, and some people preach full-time, and I usually tell people, you know, I grew up in, in, the, in the era where um, my dad worked five days a week and then would write his sermons on Saturday. Like, I have vivid memories of you sitting down at that desk, you know, a little small desk that we had at the house, and I think it was in, in the living room or something. And you would get your yellow notepad and you would write your sermons out on Saturday and then go preach on Sunday. Um, like, that's a that's a memory I have of you. I guess because I was always around you and looking. Yeah, I always put together my sermons. First of all, I always ask God what to preach. Mm-hmm. And he would basically tell me, well, this is how, what I, and I would uh, stir it and get my sermon together mm-hmm. and I mostly preach from memory even though I might take some notes mm-hmm. I never preach from my notes I always preach from, from memory right and uh yeah I would always get my sermons together on the weekend so when Sunday came I would I would have basically have it together right sometimes I wouldn't stir it enough <laughs> and sometimes I would stir it too hard mm-hmm. I mean there are definitely times when you can not stir it enough. Mm-hmm. And there are times when you can stir it too hard. Right. So you need to get it just right. Mm-hmm. And uh, I can always tell when I didn't stir it enough. Or I can tell when I stirred it too hard. Right. You know, I, I, I always try to preach from memory. And I, I basically put together what I was going to say when I got up to preach. And... Not stay too long, because if you stay too long, your people will get bored. And, right. Yeah, They're not so, hearing it anymore. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, okay, let's go into the call. Um, so, just let's talk the story, or let you tell the story of when you felt the call on your life, you ignored it. And then the day that you couldn't ignore it anymore. Yeah, well, when I was growing up, I, I basically had three goals. Goal number one was to always keep God in my life, have God involved in my life. Right. Goal number two was to join the membership at Wilson and work in the church. Mm-hmm. Goal number three was to get married and live in the country. Mm. One thing I never wanted to do was to become a preacher. 
I wanted to work in a church, but I never wanted to become a preacher. I don't know why. I just didn't want to be a preacher. Okay. Uh, kept God involved in my life, and right. he's involved even to today. Right. I worked in a church, sang in the choir, taught Sunday school, and at one point was secretary. Mm -hmm. I got married and lived in the country for a while. Uh, when I was, I was grown and married, one night I had this dream or this vision, I call it a vision. Mm -hmm. I was walking down the highway, got a little highway that runs through the community. Right. I was walking down the highway and somebody came out of the house on the side of the road and threw some liquid out of a bottle on me and was taking my breath. As a matter of fact, I was dying. Mm. And I heard this voice say, preach or die. Didn't want to die, so I promised I would preach. Right. While, while this was taking place, it was in my vision. It was this guy drove through named uh, King Solomon. He was my uncle by marriage. Mm -hmm. He drove through in the car. Later on, he came to me. I don't know how he knew because I saw him in my dream. Right. He came to me and told me that I had been called to preach. Ooh. And I knew for sure then that it was real that God had called me to preach. Okay, Daddy. Okay. Because <laughs> I never heard this part of the story. But you had the vision. Your uncle was in the vision. And then after you had the vision, your uncle came to you in actual life and said you were called a priest. Right. I knew then it was real. You know, it wasn't just a dream or vision. It was real. Mm. But I didn't didn't publicly acknowledge my calling right then. I tried to get out of it. How did how? <laughs> just just not not acknowledging to yes. the public that I had been called a priest. And I, I I ran for about Twelve years, probably about twelve years. I have these dream. I would have these dreams of running, mm -hmm. but always getting caught. I'd be mm -hmm. running through the wood, and I would get caught. I'd be flying through the air, and I would get caught. Yeah, I, I, I was running, but I always would get caught. Wow. Uh, I went to work for this post processing plant in Alameda. It was one Wednesday evening about 10 minutes before time to get off. Mm -hmm. I was working in the ice house. My job was to keep enough ice up into the ice machine for them to pack out the boxes and stuff. Right. The ice was hard and I was having a hard time keeping enough ice in the office. They had an office in the middle of the floor. I was having a hard time keeping enough ice in there. So my supervisor came back. It was about 10 minutes before time to get off. He came back to help me get enough ice to last to quitting time. Right. Uh, when he uh, figured out that we had enough ice to last to quitting time, he turned to leave. He was headed for the door. For whatever reason, it had to be God. Mm -hmm. For whatever reason, he looked back. And when he looked back, a section of ice, I was facing the ice. When he looked back, a section of the ice was, was cracking, was falling. Mm -hmm. And he hollered, look out. 
when he hollered, look out, all I had time to do was to turn and run. Mm -hmm. When I turned to run, the eyes fell on me. got caught. The, yeah, eyes fell on me, covered me up, and went nothing out but my head. Just left my head out. Okay, they uh, dug me out and took me to the hospital. To everybody else, it was a careless accident. You know, I was careless and had an accident. But to me, it was God talking. Mm -hmm. It was God saying, you promised me that if I let you live, mm. you would preach. And you need to know, right now, you need to know, I can take your life anytime <laughs> I get ready. Mm. So I went ahead and, and publicly acknowledged that I had been called to preach. Wow. But you had your original call 12 years prior to that right. happening. because I tried to get out of it. And I was just running, running, running. But I, 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 it showed me that I couldn't get away. You got caught. Yeah, and then when that eyes fell on me, it just fractured my thigh. It just fractured my thigh. Mm -hmm. I knew then that uh, when you make God a promise, you best keep it. Because <laughs> if, you, if you don't keep it, he will destroy you. And so I went ahead and acknowledged my calling. I went through a lot because of it. Mm. I went through a lot. Talk uh, about that. Uh, like I say, I had to leave home. I got my first church in the, in 84, in Smacko, First mm -hmm. Baptist in Smacko. Mm -hmm. uh, I always believed in uh, preaching the word. Some people don't want to hear the word. Yep. So you have these groups, you always, in every congregation, black congregation, don't know about the white, but in every black congregation, you have these group of people that feel like they run the church. Mm. You see what I'm talking about? The yes, deacons sir. and a group of people feel like they run the church and you do what they say do or right. else. Right. But no, I'm me, I'm I'm the kind of person that if I'm the pastor, I'm the pastor over everybody. You mm -hmm. see what I'm talking about? Yes, sir. And I, I work for I don't work for you. I work <laughs> for God. I preach what God say preach. Right. I don't preach what you say, preach. But you have these group of people who say, you preach what I want you to preach. Right. Like on anniversary days, uh, you, preach the, you preach this or you preach that. But no, that didn't work for me. Right. So after I stayed at that church for about two years, you had this, this, this group that wanted to get rid of me, that, but they couldn't. Five years, they tried again. Mm -hmm. But they couldn't. Ten years, I stayed ten years, they tried again. They was, they was going to uh, uh, vote the pulpit vacant. Mm -hmm. And uh, as a matter of fact, the deacons got together and came to me and told, asked me to resign. I said, no, I'm not going to resign. I was voted in. They said, hey, you're going to have to vote me out. Mm -hmm. So this particular Sunday, they, they, they were had set up a date to have a vote. And uh, this this particular Sunday when I resigned, uh, I had this lady, I don't know why she said it, but you know, we was at the end of the service, 
and I was having last remarks. I always give last remarks. This lady got up and said, "Well, uh, uh, we 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 gonna miss Reverend Barnes. I don't know if she felt like I was gonna be voted out or what." Once she said that, I turned in my resignation because mm. I didn't want to split. If, if I had allowed them to vote, it was going to split the church because mm. you have some people that's against you right. and some people that's for you. Right. I don't know if I would have won or not, but I knew I was going to split the church. Right. So rather than split the church, I resigned. That was my first church. Later on, when I got married again and moved here to Bernice, I started going to a friendship. Right. And uh, friendship uh, became in need of a pastor. I was already preaching because they needed a pastor, but I was doing the service until they got a pastor. Right. And they finally uh, decided to vote me in. They voted me in. And once again, you got this group of people mm -hmm. that say, uh, you preach what we want you to preach, or you do what we like we want you to do, or uh, else. Uh, but no, no, that, that, that's not how, how I work. And I stayed there for about three years, and then they voted me out. Mm -hmm. But... Uh, I went through a lot because I finally acknowledged my calling. Mm. But one thing for sure, God was always there. Right. You know, and He's still in my in my life. He, right. he was always in my life, and and took me through all all the situations. A lot of times I didn't realize that He was there, that right. He was the one doing it. But He's always been there, and He's still there. You know, still got my back. But uh, I'm telling you, I went through. A lot of, lot of stuff. A lot of stuff because I, you know, because I became a preacher. So let me ask you this. Um, mm, I'm trying to think the right way to ask this. Um, so you, one, one thing about you that I, that I know is once you receive a word, you're gonna push it out. Like your sermons, your sermons are deep, and they you gonna call folks out on their stuff. I know that. Um, and so, tell me or tell us how when you you I I would say you're 81, but I would still say that you're a visionary. And I think how you explain how all of this has came out really speaks to that. Um, because you get the vision, you write it out, you study it, you put it out there. Um, you have this tablet, and I still, I want to read a little bit of the tablet today. But you have this tablet where you're just writing, you know, feelings, things that come to you. And there's, you know, when I was reading it, you know, there were things that you wrote six years ago that's happening right now. Um, it was, it's really prophecy, really. But um, what, 
what is a zone? Like, can you describe how it feels when God speaks to you? Is it something you can describe? Well, it, it, it's, it's uh, like I said, I've always wanted God to be involved in my life. And he's always been involved in my life. First, I didn't understand how he operates. Right. So I asked him for a lot of selfish things. Mm. You know, like good hair. <laughs> well, you got that already. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I even asked him when I, I when I was growing up. I wanted this uh, black and white uh, fifty-eight forward, sixty-eight forward, and uh, I asked him to just wake up. I wake up one morning and be sitting in my yard. <laughs> that was that was I, that. That's not how he operates. Right. God will not do for you what you can do for yourself. That's, mm. that's, 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 that's the truth. That, but when I uh, found out how he operates, I asked him for wisdom and knowledge. Right. He will give you wisdom and knowledge. Right. Uh, he will tell you all that you need to know to uh, fulfill his, his purpose. Mm -hmm. And so I always ask him for wisdom and knowledge. And he, and he gives it to me. And I, I could just be sitting there, when I was writing that tablet, mm -hmm. I was just sitting there, and it, was, it just come to me yeah. what I need to write. Right. When I write letters to the editor, I would just, there would be a time when he would say, you need to write this. Right. And he would worry me and bother me until I did write yeah. it. Yeah. But all it, what I wrote, and what I write is not my opinion. Mm. It's come from God. It's, it's, it's God telling me what to say. Mm -hmm. And I, he tells me what to say. I write it down, put it in the mail, and mail it to the news time. It's, it's out of my hand. But it's always what he tells me to say. Not, not what I think, not my opinion. It's always what he tells me. And... Uh, it always come true. It, yeah. It always come true. When I write it and send it to the editor and he publishes it, it happens. Right. Uh, the one thing I wrote that uh, didn't happen, and I knew it couldn't happen because this is something God would not tell you. And uh, I didn't know. You about to say something controversial, Daddy? No, no. Okay. It was just it was, it was <laughs> that, that I predicted that the rapture would take place in 2012. He didn't tell because he, uh, uh, God is the only one who knows that. Even right. Jesus Christ don't don't know that right. when the rapture is going to take place. But I just, I wrote that on my own. Oh, okay. You know, because of things that's happening right. in the world, I felt like that it, it, was about, it was time for it to happen. That's the only thing I said that didn't happen. Right. Yeah. Because you said it. Yeah, because I said it. Right. Everything else, it happened. So, even with that, I think some people, some people have their calling. They may go into their purpose. They're walking in their path. And then the times get hard and you have to stay steadfast on your gift. And so, even what happened with these two churches. And 
you know you're going against the system of the church and you're walking in the path that God has designed for you. I I appreciate you saying that you didn't want to split the church and smack over. Um, I think that was very wise. Was there ever a time that you felt like it would be easier for me just to go ahead and preach the way they want me to preach to keep this church? Did it ever feel like this fight is too much, it's too stressful, I ra- I'd rather just concede and not go through this battle anymore? Did you ever have a time where you thought that? No, there never was a time when I felt like um, pleasing the people, mm-hmm. so to speak. It always, it was always saying what God wanted me to say because uh, God didn't just call me to preach because he ran out of something to do. <laughs> he, had a, he, had a pur- he had a purpose for, for calling me. Right. And I wanted to uh, fulfill that purpose. And now I never, I never even thought about preaching what the people wanted to hear. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though there were those who wanted, who wanted me to, I never thought about doing that. Okay. Um, and so I talked about this before we started recording. There are, every, you know, everybody's not called to preach. A personal opinion, I think there's some people in the pulpit right now ain't called to preach. But um, I do think everyone has some type of purpose in calling on their lives. And even the Bible describes spiritual gifts that are beyond preaching. Um, and so how how would you encourage people to realize or uh, come to terms with whatever their purpose is in life and walking in it despite of the fear? I think a lot of people have fear. You said you, like, I never wanted to be a preacher um, and you fought it for those 12 years, there may have been some fear in there. It may have just been stubbornness, whatever the case may be. But I think a lot of people stop um, answering their call because of fear or stubbornness. What would you What would you say to people who are in, in the moment where they have a purpose on their life and they're not walking in it regardless of what it is? Well, uh, for everybody, uh, Everybody has to make a choice. You either uh, choose self. Self is against God. Mm-hmm. You know, self self uh, is uh, Satan control. Satan c- controls self. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you either choose self or you choose God. Everybody has to make that choice. Mm-hmm. Choose self or choose God. I think everybody pretty much knows what God wants them to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, some do what God don't want them to do mm-hmm. because when you don't follow self and don't choose the ways of the world, you pretty much got the world against you. Right. If you choose God, you got the world against you. If you choose self, then God is against you. Mm. In a sense, God is against you because you, you, you're siding with the devil, and the devil is, is against God. Devil, even though the devil knows he's he is defeated, he does all he can 
to keep a person from choosing God, mm -hmm. you know, all they can. So if you choose God, then you're against the world. If you choose self, then in a sense you're against God because you're, you're walking contrary to God's will, God's purpose. But I think everybody pretty much knows, especially, especially if they're chosen by God. And, right. and what a lot of people don't understand that in this church age, you, we are chosen by God, because Jesus said, upon this rock will I build my church. Right. So if, if I'm gonna build a house, then I go to the supplier and I choose everything I want to be in my house. Right. Furniture, however I want, I want my house to look and everything. That's the way it is with Jesus. Jesus is building a church, so he chooses everybody that he wants to be in his church. A lot of people don't understand that. They think they think that uh, uh, the preacher caused them to come to Christ. Oh. Or they sometimes think it was a song or a, uh, or a person. Right. But really, it is Christ who's, we're chosen by Christ. It's just uh, a time when it is revealed to us that we have been chosen. Right. And that time may be a sermon. Mm -hmm. Or that time may be a song. Right. Or that time may be a, a person. Right. But it's Jesus Christ that's doing the cho choosing. And a lot of people don't understand that. It's, it's that Jesus and God can speak through other mediums, basically, to get that word and that message to you, to right. open up your heart, open up your mind, open up, you know, whatever needs to be opened up for you to receive that message. Right. Much like Uncle, Uncle Solomon, that's, that that came to you actually out of the dream and said, you're called to preach. Right. The Bible says uh, uh, there's a time and a purpose for everything, uh, a time to be born and a time to die. Right. So... There's a time to be reborn or born again when the person is born again. There's a time. And when that time comes, the Lord re re reveals it to us. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, the Holy Spirit and the Word say, it's, it's, it's time. Right. You know, but it, 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 it's just that Jesus has already chose you from the foundation of the world before you ever born. Mm. You were chosen to be a part of God's program, but it, it, it's just, it takes time. Right. And when the right time comes, it happens. Right. You, you reveal and it's ta it happens. And you get up and go, you're reborn again. A lot of people don't, un don't really understand. There's so many people uh, don't understand that. And there's a lot of people in the, in the congregation these days, uh, there's deacons, preachers, singing the choir, whatever, that have not been reborn again. <laughs> <laughs> they have not been reborn because they have not been chosen by God to, to be reborn. But uh, they don't understand that. That bank account called them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't going to get into that. Okay, okay, okay. All right. Um, so, I want to ask you, at 81, do you still hear 
a purpose and a path in your life it it and do you feel this is me assuming do you feel like you were out of that path until everything happened this year in March do you feel like everything with the incident in March kind of re-energized or was a recalling to you of certain things God was speaking to you I I I I think about that. I I I don't know for sure because I preached for forty years, about forty years. Right. And then uh, with more than forty years, I just really stopped once the pandemic pandemic took right. place, and I stopped going. Well, I stopped going before the pandemic took place. Because I had to stay at home, take care of my wife. She couldn't be by herself. Right. And then after the pan- pan- pandemic took place, I really stopped going because I didn't want right. to. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't, well, some people say, well, God will protect you. But God gives everybody common, common sense. Common sense. Common sense. It ain't common. And, and, and you don't, you don't, you don't tempt God, you know. You don't say, well, since I'm a Christian, or because I'm a Christian, I can go to church, I can go out in public and not catch COVID. Right. That's not true. Right. That's not true. That's tempting God. Right. And, and, and that's one thing I don't do is I don't tempt God. So I, I pretty much stopped going to church. And uh, I, I was going, preaching at different places, but I pretty much stopped. Right. And uh, right now, I don't go to church. I feel like God is still using me though, right? Because our God, well, here's one thing about God: God always issue a warning before judgment. Before He brings judgment upon mankind, He always issues a warning. You know, uh, beware! This is going to happen. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that He's using me right now to issue warnings. Okay. Like when I write those letters to the uh, to the editor. Mm-hmm. Telling them what's going to take place. Right. I feel like it is God issuing a warning. Right. Yeah. So I feel like I'm still, even though I'm not going anywhere preaching, I feel like I'm still being used by God. Okay. Do you have any insight of of you said you know right now issuing the warning? Is there anything else that you feel that? God may maybe moving you towards this maybe outside of the maybe outside of the pulpit maybe just in life. Yeah, there is another uh, warning, so to speak, on my mind that He's saying to me that I haven't yet been to the altar about. Okay. But it's on my mind and it keeps bothering me. Okay. And it is. Uh, Here's what what I'm to write. Here's what he's telling me to write. That the whole world is being set up for four things to happen. Okay. Number one, the rapture. The rapture could take place at any day. Mm -hmm. The rapture is next. Mm -hmm. Number two, where the rapture is where thousands of people will suddenly disappear from the earth. Mm -hmm. Number two is the tribulation period, where for seven years God will pour out his judgment upon mankind, especially Israel. 
Number three, the rise of the beast. That is where uh, 10 nations of the European Union, I think it's about 20, 21 right now, mm -hmm. 10, 10 of those nations will separate themselves and form a union of their own, which will be a new European Union, and they will elect a president who will be the Antichrist. Okay. Number four is that the power that control the world economy right now, the powers that control the world economy is like uh, the United States, Russia, China, places like that. They pretty much control the, the world economy because what they do affects the world economy. And we're seeing that now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But at that time, the world economy will be chosen, will be controlled by this new, new European Union, which will be headed by the devil himself. Mm. So the power that control the world economy will at that time be controlled really by the devil himself. Mm. And that's, that's what on my, it's on my mind to write. Okay. I, have, I haven't written it yet. Well, you've said it now. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it, it, keeps, it keeps bothering me until I do write it. Right. And send it to the elder. Once I send it to the elder, it's out of my control. But uh, the elder always publishes whatever I write. He always publishes. Sometimes I think, well, he probably won't. But, yeah, he, uh, so far he's always published whatever I, I write. Okay. Yeah. Well... We got it here before the editor got it. <laughs> and, you know, I, I I, think what a lot of people don't understand is that there are some messages that, you know, you'll hear from different people and they're all in sync. Um, and people get different, I don't want to say different visions. They get the same visions, but they're, through different mediums to make it all make sense. And then there's some that have different visions, but then when you put X, Y, Z together, it makes a whole. And so um, I know that, you know, you and I think differently about a lot, you know, not a lot of things, but we think differently about some things and we have those conversations. But I, I, I feel like the way I feel that I'm used and I walk in my purpose complements, I think even this, what we're doing today, complements your purpose and your vision, right? Because when I wrote down, kind of like you, when I, when I feel something, I feel, I try to think about how I could describe it. It's very tunnel visioning of me. Like, if, if I think of something, like you said, like it comes to me and then it doesn't leave me alone. Sometimes it comes to me in a flash, and if I don't write it down or say it, I'm not going to remember it. And I have a pretty good memory, but it, if it's something that's not my opinion, um, and I don't write it down, it leaves me. And so I, I try to have, I have, like you, I have several notebooks at the house. And even with this podcast, I wrote it down a year ago. I've told this on different episodes, and after 
after everything happened with you in March, and then I was um, coming down here, and we were talking, and you told me the story about when you were called to preach. When I went back home, I looked back at that tablet, and I looked at everything for the podcast, the title of the podcast, the, all the episodes in order, um, because someone told me to do this, but it was just like one topic. And so when I sat down and all of the episodes came to me in order and I wrote them down, when I came back home after visiting you, I looked at those titles again and this episode is episode seven out of eight. And I was like, um, yeah, I need to I want to interview daddy for that. And then after that, then I start looking at each title in a new light. And then I start putting other people, I put a name down by every episode. And so, um, everybody, you know, that I wrote down have been able to come and tell their message. So for me, it was, it's, it works into God spoke to me. To put your name down by this episode for you to come on and tell your truth, tell your story, and tell your vision and what, you know, God has been telling you to say and you haven't said it yet, you know, and you'll still write it down and send it to the editor, but our our gifts complement each other, even though how we think is a little different at times. Does that make sense, Daddy? Yeah, yeah. Okay. This has been fun. I don't know if I have anything else to ask you. Um, is there is there anything else that you feel that you want to to say about anybody walking their path? I just I, I just need to say if if God calls you to do something and you know for sure you need to know for sure. Uh, that God, God called you to do this particular thing. Because when I was about to preach my first sermon, uh, I had this guy came up to me and asked me, well, how do you know God called you to preach? You know, I, I, so you need to, if, you, if God called you to do something, whether it's preach or whatever it is, you need to know for sure that God did it. Right. And when you know for sure that God did it, do it. Because um, if you make a promise to God and don't keep it, right, He will destroy you. God don't play games. Mm. It's better to not promise Him than to promise Him and not do it. Because if you make a promise to God, you best keep it. What do you mean by destroy, Daddy? I don't want folks to to, to the listener this and well, feel like they go. Just... Well, just like just like he told me when he called me, he said, "You either preach or die." That was very clear, though. That was very clear. Right. God said, "You either preach or die." You got a choice. You either preach. I was dying at the time. He said, "You either preach or die." So I said, okay, I'll preach. And I start dying. Mm -hmm. So if God say, uh, I need for you to sing. Say, I need for you to sing. Sing the gospel. Mm -hmm. And if you don't sing, here's what I'm going to do. Well, 
you, you need to promise him that you will sing. Because if whatever he tell you he's going to do, if you don't sing, he's going to do it. That's right. what I mean by destroy you. Yeah. If whatever he said I'm going to do, if you don't sing, you can best believe he's going to do it. Right. So if you make a promise to God, you need to keep it. Right. Because whatever he, whatever he say he's going to do, if you don't keep it, you, you can be sure he's going to do whatever it is. And understand the fact that once you walk in the purpose, going back to your statement, you're going to possibly go against the world. People won't understand yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. People may not stand with you while you do it. You may lose some people or some things in the process. Yeah. You may you may lose friends. You may lose family. You may lose the paycheck, the good paycheck that you were getting. You may have to sacrifice something in order to do it. Yeah, but God will always be there. Mm. He'll, he'll, if he'll never leave you. And no matter what, he'll always be there. And you'll always make it through. It might not seem like it, mm. but you'll always make it if you choose to uh, involve God in your life. If you don't, the devil will destroy you. He pretend he's for you, mm. but he's really out to destroy you. He mm. make it look good until he gets you hooked. Mm. Once he gets you hooked, that's it. Because mm. his main purpose is to destroy you. Mm. He's uh, He know he can't win, but he keep on fighting. He keep fighting. Yeah. You know, he keep trying to do uh take away from God, you know. He he's he keep trying to be what he know he can't be. Like he told Adam, you can be your own God. You know, you can be your own you don't have to listen to God. You don't have to do what God say. You can be your own God. When he knew that that can't happen, because mm. he tried it. He, he actually tried to take over the throne, and God kicked him out of him. So he, he know that you can't be your own God, but he will convince you that you can. That, that's, that's, that's pretty much what's destroying mankind right now, is that. Man is trying to be his own Ooh. God, and uh, he don't know that he can't. <laughs> you know, he got all these problems. He don't see all these problems. Like right now, they trying to live on the moon, live on Mars. <laughs> I want to go to if, Mars, if, Daddy, because it's so ratchet here. If God had wanted them to live on, moon, on the moon and Mars, he would have put them up there in the first place. He don't intend for them to live on it. <laughs> but they keep going up there. <laughs> And uh, just the other day, I was listening at this. Just the other day, and they did it. They uh, they, they uh, sent a rocket up to hit a meteorite, meteorite or whatever mm -hmm. you call it, to knock it off course if ever it decides to come towards the earth. Right. One thing man cannot do is change destiny. Mm. Now, if it's if it's already destiny, if it's already set it for for a mirror to hit the earth, there ain't no, nothing they can do about it. Mm. Ain't nothing. What's gonna happen tomorrow? It's gonna happen. 
Either way. Either way. I don't care what you do or say. Whatever is set up. And, and uh, uh, Jesus said, take no, th no thoughts for tomorrow. For tomorrow will take care of itself. Mm -hmm. There's no nothing I can do or nothing I can think that will change what's going to happen tomorrow. What's going to happen tomorrow is already set up and it's going to happen. Mm -hmm. Like uh, like that woman said to Kay, Kay, Sarah, Sarah, mm -hmm. whatever will be, will we'll be. be. That's a fact. Whatever is going to be, it's going to be. And nothing man can do about it. Wow. Not a thing. Well, you stepped on my toes because I've been saying for the past few months, take me to another planet because folks on Earth is real ratchet right now and they get on my nerves. So, but I ain't trying to be my own God. I'm just saying I'm yeah. tired of the folks here. Yeah, but they're going to find out that uh, they might go up there and live on Mars and on the moon, but it's going to be in a, a space suit or something. They, <laughs> they can't live up there like they live down here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, never, because God didn't intend for it to be so. Um, one thing you did say that I like is, and, and other people have said it, other visionaries have said it, authors have put it out here, um, trying to be our own. And it's, and it's, I mean, we may get into a philosophy session here, but it's one thing to, to be like God, you know, like even my name, the meaning of my name is one who is like the Lord, Michelle, that, that comes from Michael. Michael being one of the um, archangels. But you still have to acknowledge the divine. You still have to acknowledge that there is a divine that speaks through you and comes through you. Not that you are going to be your own divine. And, and a lot of times I see that this is um, coming through greed, right? Um, I want to have my own, be my own, say my own. There's no, it's, it's narcissism basically um and narcissism is kind of reigning supreme right now but that when you even talked about the setup of the devil i was like there's a lot of folks out here like that that you know so um so there's there's this wanting of power and the of power and the the power not acknowledging the power that that exists outside of you and so yeah i think that is definitely um destroying us it definitely is. Um, yeah, when you got folks on the news, just like, I'm going to take this land. This land belongs to me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, you know that's, that is going to be, that is destructive, and it's going to lead to nothing but more chaos and destruction. So, all right, Daddy. I really appreciate this conversation. I appreciate you agreeing to do this episode. Um and I feel like we have another episode in us um, that we may do at a later time. I, I do think one thing that may be helpful is us talking about our relationship and our dynamic because I think that will help a lot of father-daughter situations because there's a lot of father-daughter situations that need to be healed. Um, and we've, we've, we've had a path. We've had a journey. Yeah. <laughs> um so but that may be enough that'll be another episode for another time but 
All right, guys. Well, that wraps us up. Um, and oh, I want to read something. So usually, I ask my guests to describe what the re- a respectable woman means to them. But I do want to keep that, Daddy. I do want to keep that um, in the confines of the women, because you are the only male that's been on the episode, um, been on the podcast. So I found this in my Facebook memory this past week, um, and I I posted this four years ago. So it lets you know the power of writing. You write something, you don't know when it's going to come back to you. This was a really random thought. So I will read this, and this is um, r- the respectable definition, and I, I I haven't answered this question. So what I wrote was, I think respect is regarded in those who walk confidently in their purpose to be sources of light for people around them and give empathy to those who need heart and not hate. Be that. Be a respectable person. Didn't know when I wrote that four years ago that I'd be doing a podcast called The Respectable Woman Podcast, but there we go. Um, I also asked my guests, how can you follow them on the internet? But you cannot follow my daddy on the internet. If you want to reach out to him, you better write him a letter <laughs> and put it in the mail. And I'm not giving y'all his address. So there we go. If you want to reach out to my daddy, you have to reach out to him through me. Um, and you can follow me on Instagram or Twitter, the MB Truth, the underscore MB underscore Truth. And our next episode, our last episode of this season um, will be next. And I'm ending, um, the last two episodes, I'm ending with my family. And so, Kalisa's coming on the last episode, um, my cousin. And we're talking about healing. I would say the name of the episode title, but it has a curse word in it. I ain't gonna say that in front of my daddy. Um, But healing is a... And you can fill in your own. <laughs> you can fill in the word for yourself. Um, but we're just going to talk about how healing is not pretty. It's not rainbows and flowers and sunshines like people want it to be. Like healing is very hard. It's very rough. It's very dirty. And you have to acknowledge some 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 pain to heal. So that's going to be the next episode. Um, hope you guys listen in. Follow the podcast. Like, subscribe comment and share and we will see you next time